Hi everyone, I'm Les. And I'm Ashley. And you're listening to Anthropotamus, where we explore some of your favorite anthropology topics. Hi everyone, welcome to our latest episode of Anthropotamus. Uh, so today's book discussion is on the book Archaeology from Space, How the Future Shapes Our Past by author Sarah Parkak. I probably just butchered her last name and I apologize for that. So I just looked up the author real quick before before the episode. She is a professor at the University of Alabama at Birmingham. She has degrees from Cambridge and Yale. Um, I was a little surprised seeing her, her education background and then she ended up in Alabama. So I mean, I, I just gonna throw out the cons out there first. Um, I did think, I mean, besides the fact that the audio was like eight hours long and you know I have a short attention span. Um, I think the biggest problem I had was I felt like it was repetitive when it was discussing mapping. Yeah, I mean, considering it's a book about, largely about satellite mapping, that was yeah. a lot of repeating the same stuff. So That's what I felt. But I mean, I feel like that was the only issue I really had with it. I mean, she writes well. And mm-hmm. honestly, it did get me excited about certain re- research. Yeah. Like, um, you know being in the military and be actually being someone who developed aerial imagery. I, if I had known about this back then, I feel like I would have actually maybe liked my job and took the initiative to learn more about it and how it relates to archeology span where instead of just hating my job, because you know, I stood in a dark room for like 10 hours processing film. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was like, why didn't I know about this back then? My job could have been way more exciting. I could have totally got out of the military and like took my career in archaeology on another path. But um, I mean, that was one thing. I mean, well, it was kind of emerging. Like it had been, I don't know what what year you got out of the military, but um, like it seems like it's a fairly recent uh, development in the field. I mean, I only got out like 10 years ago. What year is it right now? Less than 10 years ago. Yeah, I got out less than... Yeah, 10 years. About 10 years ago. So, yeah, I feel like I feel like they were already using it at that point. But, yeah. man, I'm, it, it was kind of like... I felt like, well, that was a lost opportunity for me. Well, you say lost, but now it's, you know, back in, in the forefront. It's something that could definitely be used to help um, your future career. True. It's not really what I focus on now, though. As far as this book goes, though, I thought it was really exciting that you can, like, what was the the city that they found in Egypt? Tanis. Yeah, it was like it had been found and forgotten about, and it's just like artifacts in the back of a museum that nobody pays attention to. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I want to go look at this site. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it, it was it was Tanis, I believe. I yeah, I be think wrong. so. But um, I remember when that article initially came out because one of my um, teachers back in high school like brought it up and said, hey, they found this new place. And yeah, no, I thought that was really cool. And, you know, the, the, the stuff that you can learn about from ancient sites and all of that is super interesting. But what I thought was a little bit like more interesting about this is that when she gets boots on the grounds, like. Not in Tanis per se, but it was that site in Canada. Mm-hmm. They start discovering these little minor things about um, people who had landed there. This this Viking talk- site, yeah, 
or possible yeah. Viking site. Uh huh. And uh, they say possible, but like she says, she was convinced. And the the small things, like the little things that they they talked about, just made me think, man, these people lived thousands of years ago, and I would bet that if we were able to go visit a household in like ancient Rome or in in anywhere back in their contemporary time, you would still have some older person in the background telling those people, those young people, how easy they have it compared to how <laughs> they had it in the past. I feel like that's what I tell my daughter all the time, and I'm sure my mom did the same thing to me. Uh-huh. And, you know, that's I think that right there is something intrinsic to human nature. We try to make it easier for the next generation. Yeah. We just don't necessarily appreciate that we had to be the ones to work harder to do it. Yeah, but every generation is exactly working that, hard to make it easier for the next. And that's that's my point. It's yeah. working hard to make it easier for the next generation is that it's got a bittersweet tone to it that i thought with the viking site though once more evidence came out they were like oh this might not be a viking site after all yeah well they um they had that turf wall that turned out to be just a uh a rare geological feature and the um the storm season washed away a lot of the evidence that was on some of the major features so it's kind of a there's not enough physical evidence left to to prove the site Eh, anyways um but yeah she does talk a lot about a great lot of great sites i mean i i mean i know that my focus right now is in the middle east but i would really love to get into viking research i was confused by why exactly the producer decided on that site even though they're advised against it and then who did all the digging and finding if she wasn't a part of the digging and finding i remember her saying that she'd recommended they skip that site and they ended up going anyway and she was surprised by all these different things that made it seem like it was actually a viking site i don't know if it was a viking site i don't remember now all these sites are really starting to confuse me because it's just like one site after another (laughs) i feel like it wasn't a viking site i think that was the the end conclusion that there it was inconclusive as to whether or not it was a viking site and there was just not enough evidence to ever find out for sure but I, yeah, I mean, the book was really just like every chapter, a new site she talks about. So in that way, it was repetitive because she talks about the mapping. Um, and when I first read the title of the book, Archaeology from Space, I think I was thinking of like, what are they doing going and finding old satellites? I like, <laughs> I was like, what the heck does that mean, archaeology from space? Um, yeah, I mean, that would be interesting, I guess, looking at the space junk. Mm hmm. Maybe like a couple hundred years from now. There's a lot of space junk up there, and that's kind of what we do, right? We we study human junk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine the funding you would need to get that stuff? Oh, my gosh. You would, like, it would be nearly, Im- no, I'm just going to say it now. It would be impossible. I feel like How that would you- have to be like a government contract job where, like, NASA decides to go and grab all this crap, and then they just contract on archaeologists to maybe but then the archaeologists would have to spend like a decade or more training to actually go into space no the i would say that already trained people would already go and get the stuff and bring it back i guess they could be trained in archaeology more easily than an archaeologist could be trained to be a, a, an astronaut yeah <laughs> 
<laughs> I think so. Uh, I yeah. I mean, if a one-month field school in Poland qualifies me to excavate human remains, then <laughs> I'm sure an yeah. astronaut who can go and get trained to bring down space debris. <laughs> it would be interesting, and it makes you look at the future and think, well, what if we were to colonize another planet? What would the archaeology look like? Huh. Like far in the future right yeah like if you go far enough and we become an extra 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 planetary extra planetary species then like you you might end up with planets that no longer support life that we can go back and excavate and that sounds like a cool sci-fi book but i don't know (laughs) (laughs) who knows a thousand years from now who knows oh gosh it's not gonna happen in a thousand years look what happened the last thousand years Uh, i don't know technology has been advancing pretty rapidly the past hundred years that's true and we've been destroying our own planet pretty quickly (laughs) so maybe this will be the first one that we have to excavate Uh, yeah i don't have much else to say about this book it was it was very interesting but very repetitive yeah, I feel, and it, it's it's targeted towards a specific audience. I would say it definitely like kind of gets you excited about archaeology. Like, oh, I can yeah. go and do this. Yeah. Um. It was a great primer. However, there wasn't enough depth to it. I mean, I think the whole purpose of the book was to say, hey, we have this technology that can help find sites, and she did that. Um, and to get excited about archaeology, and I feel like she did that. Yeah, I mean, if that was her goal, she accomplished it. Like, just going through it, it was like, man, this is really cool. I'd like to use the satellite software to find a site. I th- I don't think she needed to go more in depth. I think she she targeted a, uh she was trying to attract a wider audience who is interested in archaeology, and that's what she did. So maybe I'm just crossing my arms and stomping my feet because I am that narrow audience. I think so. You are the <laughs> narrow audience. Um. But I mean, this is an Amazon book. I think we bought for just a few dollars for on Audible. So I mean, it's not like yeah. a academic text. Yeah, that's true. Like I, I mean, you can't complain too much about it. It was still interesting. Yeah, I just wish it was shorter because I'm an impatient reader, and I was more interested in all the stuff she found than talking a lot about. That's what I mean. Matthew. Talk more about the stuff you found. <laughs> Yeah, but I wouldn't say go in-depth in it, like an, a research article. Or I wouldn't even say talk more about the sites. I would just say talk less about the mapping, even though I don't want to say talk less about the mapping because it's, the whole book's about the mapping. Yeah, I was going to say, we can't restructure this. She she created this book, and it is what it was supposed to be, and it did a good job at it. It left me hungry for more, though. I kind of wish it was just shorter because... I don't don't like long books. (laughs) You say that every time. I kind of wish it was shorter. (laughs) I say that if your book is more than four hours long, it should be shorter. You say that every time, and I say it needs to be ten hours longer. No, I, I just get, I just, I start a book, and then I'm like, okay, I'm ready for the next book. Uh, There's just so much I want to read about and i just don't want to spend eight plus hours listening to the same book (laughs) i've been listening to to the to my books like on on my way to work and i've got like a 30 minute well more like 25 minute drive if there's no traffic 
Well, I used so. to commute, but I don't have to commute this uh, this semester, so I'm not driving as much. So I'm having yeah. to like listen to the book while I lay in bed, while my daughter falls asleep, and then I'm trying to get her to fall asleep because she wants to keep playing around. And it's not a pleasant sit down and listen mm-hmm. to a book, but I don't have any other time to listen to the book because I'm doing schoolwork. Either my yeah. work, schoolwork or her schoolwork or running errands, and it's I don't have that. So what you need is a liminal task. <sighs> Something that doesn't require your intense focus. I guess when I fold laundry, but I don't fold laundry enough to finish a book. Mm. I've got mixed feelings about this book. I think it did, like you said, I think it did exactly what it was designed to do. I kind of feel like, too, I, this is not a book I'd want to listen on Audible and I'd rather read. Like, I feel like I feel like there, there has to be, like, pictures in the actual book or something. I don't Maybe. know. If, I don't even know if there's pictures on the actual book, but I feel like this would be a great book to have actual pictures, and it would just to show the mapping sites and show some of the images that they, yes. they use. That would be pretty cool, and it would have been much more satisfying. That would be a great coffee table book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if I have anything else to say about this book. I mean, it's already we've been already talking for a while too. I was gonna say, you know, we we've been talking about how repetitive the book is on repeat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have now. Know, be- we have, become be- repetitive. We yeah we've we've be- like you'll we've just become... edit all that out. No no I won't. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be done the five minutes if I do that. <laughs> uh, yeah no we we've become the monster we swore to to destroy. <laughs> uh, oh. But that's okay. It was all in all this book was um it was a fun read. I would read more of her work. In a heartbeat. And I definitely think that I'm going to start looking up some of the articles that she's published and actually do that. I definitely want to look up the, the her BBC shows. I'm a visual learner. I like to look at the pictures and all the pretty video. Yeah. Okay, everyone. We were discussing Archaeology from Space by Dr. Sarah Parkhack. This is the end of our episode, but please keep an eye out. Go online to anthropotamus.com. We have a workshop March 10th. 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time called Diversity and Inclusion, Creating an Action Plan. This will be a great workshop to network and also to get together with your peers and create tasks that you can implement into your own research to help create a more diverse and inclusive anthropology community. Until next time, see you. Thank you all for listening. Distribution of Anthropotamus is in collaboration with the American Anthropological Association. Please continue to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Anthropotamus for our latest episodes, show notes, and book discussion schedule.